In order for shame to be rendered powerless in our lives, we must be witnessed. We must be seen. Your gifting is going to seem like things that are just very obvious. They're going to seem like, well, everybody can be this welcoming, but everybody can see that moment where I just saw it. are going to feel like anybody could do it. And that's what makes it your gifting. Watch how people avoid the face of somebody in need or asking who makes you uncomfortable. Every one of those faces reveal God. We have to remember our past and recount the things that God has done for us. And then that gives us faith to keep going to where he wants us to be. Nice shirt, by the way, Blaine. Thank you. you. Look, I, I didn't dress up. I wore my going to town. Yeah, but you're definitely helping us with the cowboy vibe. Well, for the, uh, got my boots work on. Work boots, yeah, yeah, yeah. Covered in cow poop. I feel like we, we got to roll in anyway, right? We got to say, everyone, for the last time, welcome to the Anson's podcast. I'm Blaine. And I'm Sam. And as is the tradition around here, uh, Mezcal is the spirit. I mean, we'll tell you guys if you want to know what we're drinking. Sam brewed this in his toilet. <laughs> exactly. It's he a just, little prison wine. And it's five o'clock somewhere over the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, it's just to have a toast. What's Blaine. your mind space coming into oh, this? We gosh, talked a little I'm, bit I'm at the beginning. The yeah. Well, you and I, as we did sit down, like there's there's a part of me that feels like I wanted to invite everybody into this live stream that could be here. I wanted to have the support from our team to make sure everything runs smoothly. Because, hey, when you've got uh, Barry and an Alex and a bunch of great moderators, why wouldn't you use them? And at the same time, it felt like maybe what we should have done it's just been like you and I with the Zoom and like the handhelds. Yes. Like that would have been more accurate for like where we were, where we started. 2018, I want to say. I'm not actually sure. Maybe it was 2017, but that feels Every day unlikely. was a life age of the earth. So I have this like, I don't know. It feels weird to be doing something different for the first time for the last time, if that makes sense, right? Like, Got this big old TV over here so that we could like try and see chat, but my eyes are getting kind of old, it turns out. <laughs> and so I'm like, <laughs> You're hey. squid to get the TV. Like Luke and Chase and Hayden and Brandon and uh, Kate, like, welcome for those of you who are tuning in. Susie, Emily, I, and kids, I assume you're watching. Hi, um, Alish. I, that's new, right? Yes. So it feels odd. There's like this clash of, and I'll go into like, you know, emotionally how, how we're feeling for the last the last episode. I feel this like, I'm asking myself inside, where is the right emotional space? Where what feels true and not messy, not like I've tipped off this balance beam and, and fallen from one way to the other. And the two sides, the two poles feel like totally emotionally disengaged. And be fine. Be like, I'm chipper. I'm happy. I'm good. Wow. Hey, there it does. Great. Yeah. And then on the flip side, the of the balance beam is this like totally falling over into an emotional mess who like can't think straight, who can't offer. I mean, it's there. Like when we yes. were doing, I tried reading the poem for the, the episode that actually aired this morning. Like I got two stanzas out of three and I was like, that's it. That's all I can say. And so I, as we're starting this final episode i found myself being like um okay <sighs> be true because it's a mix it's yes. a mix of both right and i and pff, what were the tenets we had 
that we believed when we were starting this podcast, when we were starting Anson's, like was being genuine. Yes. Any piece of that. It was a small piece. <laughs> Just a little tiny one, right? It was a that was a hard value to establish at the beginning was we weren't going to bullshit, which just meant that nothing was going to come easy. Sorry, kids, for Uncle Blaine swearing, but you know. <laughs> you heard it last night at Christmas. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. So, yeah, finding that space. I, um, because it's me, I'm going to get slightly abstract and then slightly more concrete again. Well, we wouldn't expect anything else. But I read, Alice was having a hard time falling asleep last night, so I read your CNCN again article. Oh. With, with with a blanket over my head on her floor, because so she wouldn't be distracted by the light. You were reading it to her. No, I was reading it to myself. Mm. But I was like, normally she, con- you know, we tell a story. She conks out. Last night I got up to sneak away. She was awake, so I came back and I was sitting and I was like, oh, you know what? I'm like, I I feel that uh, my heart is so accessible. And then it was like, oh, and I think I know why. And I don't know if I said this too recently, but there's a great line in the screw tape letters where C.S. Lewis says, the present is where time touches eternity. Mm. And there's lots to be said about the intersection of, uh, you know, how do we think about living in time as it relates to eternity? One of the things that I think is that a better vision than a line is a funnel and that at different times and kind of the undulation, when you're at a really significant moment, you're really close to eternity where all things are held. Mm. And so I was like, oh. So we're all kind of like circling in the bowl. And sometimes we get closer to the, <laughs> the bottom. A funnel is too bad because it doesn't have enough dimensions to represent what I want to say here. But That's it's true. just like, oh, at weddings, at funerals, at the significant occasions in a friend's life, at Mm -hmm. engagements, all of these things. I'm like, wow, parts of my story that are far apart in time feel really close right now. Yes. And because they're Mm -hmm. very holy and they're full of the life of God, in another dimension, they're very, very close together. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, I can feel the different ages of my heart watching. And I can feel how attentive and accessible they are. And I've had to – I read your article because I wanted to see you with eight-year-old Sam Mm -hmm. and see CNCN in the background and like – and hold in a kind way like everybody's welcome. You guys aren't asked to relate to the exact emotion of this. Don't worry. Mm. There's there's a 30-year-old executive self who can do that. Yeah. But I do see you and I feel how tender you are and how afraid of loss my whole heart is. Mm. And so it's been an interesting in- engagement of like, M asked me last night, can you try to put into words some of what you're feeling? And I was like, I think. <laughs> how did it go? It went super good. <laughs> I bet it went really good. Because that's how I feel. If it's like somebody asked me that right now, I'd be like, I just turned into a caveman. I would be like I, grunts and colors and emotions. <laughs> So what did you say to Emily? Well, I just said that I was like, uh, I think that my heart is sort of afraid of time right now Mm. and afraid of consigning things to eternity and afraid of ending things well. Yeah. And what it means 
to give and trust something to God, honestly, actually, rather than holding on to it forever. Like, no, we can do this better than you can. Right. It's if you hold here's here's more Lewis for you, because if you hold on to something outside of season, it becomes a ghost. And it's like if you try to cling to something beyond its season. That's like it's going to haunt you because it doesn't belong with you anymore. Uh, and what did C.S. Lewis really know at the end of the day, though? <laughs> you know, <laughs> this thing you're talking about the funnel. I, we've touched on this in other ways before that are less. Cheers, less um, Stephen Hawking like this. We described it in the past Wormholes. as like Susie has Susie have the phrase of like eternal moments where yes. there's like and now that I'm doing all this grad school stuff, I'm aware of our conversations that we've had where we're like, when you go back into memories and back into sometimes trauma, like you're you're very, in a very real sense, reliving them. Like your body is experiencing it and your brain is experiencing it. And so there's like this neurobiology side that's really fascinating for me. But Susie and I will use it for, for moments you didn't expect to be big moments too, right? Because obviously the funerals, the graduations, the weddings... But sometimes those can actually leave us really disoriented. And that's, as you're talking about Ciencian again, um, for those of you, I'm sh- I'm sure you all were like, oh, I know exactly what Blaine's talking about. That's the article I wrote a couple of years ago when I was like, why do I get so depressed every like Thanksgiving? And I was like, oh my gosh, there's this eight-year-old part of me that wants to go back to this Chinese food restaurant that I don't think, it's close. And so I don't think I can ever get back there. And it's interesting, like, I didn't know that that restaurant was going to be like one of those like pins in my brain. And I can think of other eternal type moments. And so sometimes, like I was saying, sometimes they're the big ones that you expect, but sometimes when they're the big ones you expect like a holiday, but the actual experience doesn't live up to it or has something missing, they can feel really weird, right? And they can feel like this, uh, this dissonance, this this like almost like you hear a train coming and you feel it passing, but you never saw it. Yes. And you're like, well, not, not everything is adding up here. Um, and so that's where I was like, <laughs> I think people are terrible at processing. <laughs> when we were announcing this to the staff, I'm like, we actually need to do like a happy hour because I, I think people like we did this announcement on the live stream two months ago. I think the shell shock with people, it's that like the sound of the train and the feeling of the train, you don't see it. And you wonder like, oh, I'm having all of this, ah, this dissonance. And so there's a part of me today where I'm like, I think that most people have a hard time ending things well. And, and there's a part of me that feels like no matter what on this side of heaven, like it's really, 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 really hard. It's almost like winning the lottery to to have a moment feel like it's the moment that it's supposed to be. The time you teach your kid to ride a bike for the first time, the time you quit a job and you walk out to the parking lot for the last time, the uh, the first moment alone with your wife after the wedding, whether it's the drive or a quiet moment outside the tent or the hotel room, like all, all of these moments that we have this expectation around, how often does it actually live up to what we think it should be? And I would say it is like Rarely, winning the lottery. It's like yes. a small, a sliver of a chance in millions. And and so I'm, there's a part of me that I'm like, I'm going to be processing at the end of this, I think for years. Yes. And and I don't mean that in like the C.S. Lewis, like carrying it with me sense. At least I hope not. And we'll find out if that's the case. <laughs> um, but more of that, like, at, yeah, this is, this has 
ripples to it, right? Yes. So it's the my turn for some uh, mezcal. Fortunately, your heart can tell you the truth when it comes to holding versus clutching versus going like trying to carry something out of season versus having eternity in your heart and go, hearing you say that, I go, well, am I doing that? I think that the litmus test would be a simple question to your heart of, are you holding this afraid? Yeah. Yeah. And then hard to end things well. I think the interesting thing, you know, when I'm talking about like sewing things into eternity Mm -hmm. is that eternity is present and permanent and it's also the future. And so this way... (laughs) Does it? Does it? Is this it makes sense to me. Is it sometimes dizzying to be yourself? No, it's not. <laughs> it's it's very. I would feel like clear. a goldfish swimming up against the glass sometimes. And Eternity. The, <laughs> now I'm gonna go back to like eating the rocks again. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that the one of my pieces of advice out of this season, or my descriptions of it, has been in. That part of ending things is this is a combination of blessing and gratitude. Mm-hmm. And that those are blessing and gratitude and grief all together are always of actually handing something to God to hold for me. Mm-hmm. Like when we, man, when we moved out of the ki- out of the house where Alish had spent her first three years, yes, it was pretty, you know, it was pretty brutal. And I, you know, when people wanted to engage with it, I just give them one detail and I'd go, well, I'm leaving the garden where I buried her hair after her first haircut because I couldn't throw it away and I couldn't let go of it. Mm. And so it was like, I, I'm yeah, giving wow. things to eternity here, but the only way to not feel like I'm releasing them and they're just smoke in the wind is like, I'll picture Jesus mm. and I'll go like, Here's this deposit of memories here, because this is the street where I taught her to ride a bike. Yes, yes. And then coming around to Anson's, man, I was driving to our parents' house recently, and I just drove by and had a very vivid memory of all the hill sprint training yes. at Ute Valley Park. Mm. And I went, man, it's I can go run there again. I love running there. I love riding bikes there. But there's a deposit that's there. <laughs> That is, yeah, you know, that is hours. Like, you know, how do you how do you how do you do a podcast? Be like, well, you exercise a lot trying to think of ideas, and then basically every day, including today, you roll into the studio not knowing what you're going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> and so, as I had that, I'm like, oh, that's very dear. I'm not like yeah. going, oh, it's in the past, and you know, the river can't take you back in time. It's like, oh man, mm. I love that. And it's permanent. And yeah. if I feel afraid of losing it, the place that it's safe is going like, Jesus, hold this. Right. Because you're accessible. And so in you, these things, like, it's a safe place to give it, even if I do have to mourn it. Also, for the record, Luke didn't need, like, more poetry material for, like, I buried my daughter's hair <laughs> in the garden because I couldn't bear to part with it in the first haircut. Glad you're here, buddy. I'm so glad you're here, Luke. Thank you for being here. Um that's good because I was on a run. I ran press choke cherry. <laughs> What'd you do that for? <laughs> it's on the root now. And I'm just like, yeah. Anyway, childhood home. Easy stuff. So 
we do know actually what we're talking about today because what we're talking about is what we're talking about. And there's a part of me where I'm like, I would look at past seasons and go, I think I inherently don't end things the way I wish that I did. Like I wait for things to sour and then I leave or I get afraid that it's going to sour. So I burn it to the ground or I stay and have it burn around me and like grieve something that's already passed. Like it's so hard to, I'm thinking of like driving away from my college town and like Susie's crying and she's like, I'm going to miss all these people. And I thought to myself, like, I'm not going to miss anybody. And I, I had let things sour. I hadn't like ended it yeah. well. And that, that was hard. Um, so I've been floored with all of the emails we've been getting from this. Like there's a piece of me that just wants to say like, Hey, when we started this, I, I did, I kind of hoped that like a buddy would listen to it and maybe be less of a jerk because like at boot camps, the average age has stayed the same. Right. Forever. It still hasn't changed in 20 years. It's still, it's like 44, 45. The average age of the human race has changed. Which is, okay. Yeah, I guess mostly it's like in the... It's younger. Is it really? Mm -hmm. Because, all right. Anyway, we've watched younger and younger or, or the younger population grow at those events. But there's an element to like on the team, we sort of look at it and go you know, you have to experience enough pain and experience like your life not working enough to want to say yes to this thing. And so when we were starting and sons and this podcast, we're like, it's going to be small. Like the amount of guys who were in their twenties who actually want to chase after initiation and Jesus and wholeheartedness, like that's going to be a smaller group of guys. And we've named that before in the podcast of like, you might be very, we assume you are very lonely if you are taking yourself seriously, your growth, initiation, God, all of that. And so most people like don't write in and say like, well, a bunch of people have written in more and more over time. And so it's this very weird, like we're ending this because God is telling us to. And because we've announced that we're, we're ending it, we've now gotten this flood of emails and want to go like, it, I'm, I have been floored at the reach, the diversity of stories um, from people all over the world, people who are um, grandparents and wanting to connect with their children more or young wives wanting to understand their husbands more, people listening who were in their teens and like and looking up and like, I need these older brother figures. And I'm like, this is all Jesus because <laughs> yes, it is. I can't tell you how many times we, but you know, I can't tell you how many times <sighs> we came in here and it felt like we had this giant drum like from an old Western that like wooden style and it used to be full of like beans. And, oh yeah. And that was like paper. <laughs> how we felt like that was our material. Like that's what we could draw on. But we'd like look inside and there would be like nothing in it. And we'd go all the way to the bottom, like we got to record something. And we'd just start scraping around to find like a single bean. And so I've been floored with the ways that Jesus has used this. And here at the end, what surprised you? What surprised you about this podcast journey? Man, so many things. 
the one that you just named is the big one, which is like that it I've answered it for myself, so you can't take it. No, 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 you can't say mine. Well, I mean, you kind of already, you already, you already cracked. It's like you left the open bottle of OJ in the fridge, and now anyone can have it. If it's sealed, it's yours, but it's, if it's open. What if I backwashed? That, you would never do that. Mm. I know you too well. Uh, That's gross. Surprises. The big one in my top three would be how often people have said that the topic that we happened to be processing met them where they were that week. Because mm. the Ensign's podcast yes. has felt like doing a connect the dot in the night sky. It's like yeah, yeah. if you can pick out a shape or a theme. Yeah. Wow. Sometimes we'll talk about just the most random stuff. It's felt like we're like, well, this is what's current for us. Exactly. You're Russell Crowe's character in a I Beautiful can Mind. Make an octopus out of this. Exactly. Or it was like, so we're going to talk about this and talk about this and talk about this and talk about this. Yeah. And go, man, it has added up. And I think that I don't know when life is going to stop feeling so essentially random in the moment. Glad that you feel that way too. No. It's cool to be here at the end of 10 years of working on this project and go, of course there are themes and there were the whole time. They're just, how many people have to tell me that they're hard to see in the day, that they're hard to see when you're doing doing yeah. the discovery. And so the fact that they have met our listeners where they are, that's shocking to me. And then I think because that's true, the two other things I would say there are surprises. One, mm. that, you know, I wrote about this recently over on the new platform, Sam, but it was like, you know, Elijah, the story, the one of 7,000, I'm the only one at Horeb. You know, famously, there's the showdown at Carmel, Elijah versus the prophets of Baal. Famously. Lightning, fire. Yep. And then he, you know, this one. and then he like wins a sword fight against yeah. 200 people. And then leaves. he starts burning people with fire. No, that's much later. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. He runs into the desert and wants to die. Yeah. And he's an angel's there. This is a beautiful exchange. He travels to Mount Horeb. He fasts for 40 days. <laughs> Connect this for me. <laughs> and then when he's at Horeb, he's complaining to God and he's like, I'm the last one left. Mm. And... Uh, God's like, well, he sends a messenger. Or well, God it's, it's like Yoda, you know, where yeah. it's like that boy's the only hope for us. No, there is another. Yeah, but there was lots of others. But it goes, no, I have there are I have seven thousand more. Yeah, only one of them enters the story, hmm. and who and he's Elijah's disciple, Elisha. Uh, but to go in like they're out there, and it does affect the way that Elijah lives to know they're there because it kind of mm. frees him to do his job to do the things that God is giving him to live because he doesn't have to go become king. He doesn't have to create a company where people who are faithful to God can come worship. He's like, all right, if they really are out there, I can, I can live this thing. Mm. And that's how you feel. I feel that way about the answers. I feel that way about you guys. What camera am I on Alex? Yeah. I feel that way about you because as you've listened and then written in, it's been like, I think that I expect that if what I'm going through lines up with another person, wouldn't we naturally walk out a season together? 
actually kind of rarely. Mm. Uh, it's surprising to me. It's like, oh, you're going through that? Me too. Mm-hmm. But we're actually not going to share life beyond this conversation right now. So how do I hold the fact that you're out there if it doesn't mean we're going to, you know, form a collective and be an army and go do something mm-hmm. and go like, well, I, uh, it's going to give me permission knowing that I'm part of the invisible army, like to live to into the season, free. to do the thing that's in front of me. Yeah. I hope that's the case for the folks who've been journeying with the podcast as well. That They would go, you know, we're going to get, we're get, we'll get to this. This is coming in this conversation, but it is that piece that's been true of Anson's in the beginning of like, you're not alone. And how would you live if you knew you had a father who wants to initiate you and that there are others out there taking this journey as well? That's all that's been true from the beginning. That's true now. So looking back with our very first episode, we had a conversation around success and I haven't listened to it since. I actually don't re-listen to my own episodes because I mean, you all know what it's like to listen to your voice on the answering machine. You're like, how come nobody told me that I sound like that? Like I just got what bucked off a horse or like my voice got put through the Vitamix. Like what is the matter with me? I sound so weird. As an aside, doing a podcast for this long, I actually now hear my own voice the way I think it sounds to others. Like I'm listening to myself. Really? Like I would on an answering machine. Yeah, it's very weird. Like my own internal hearing has changed. See, that's my fishbowl. I think it would be weird to be you. Yeah, no, I can. It's different. It's it's weird. (laughs) Like literally when I hear myself now, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I sound like. Like I don't have that at all. So that's weird. But I haven't gone back and listened to those early episodes or any of the episodes because I, I, it's it's one of those things for me. It's hard to like dip back in and because I, I would start picking it apart and be like, I guess I said that differently or oh, and all that. But the first episode we did was on success. And we were like, what do we believe as mid-20s success is or should be? So we want to revisit success. I'll go second. I'll tee you up. Here at, the, here, heart. here at the end, what's changed in your understanding of success now? P.S. This mezcal is very good. It's, yeah. It's the nice stuff. So everyone knows just really quick, tequila is a form of mezcal. Mezcal is a distillate from cactus. Tequila is almost- Blue is, agave. Is made from blue agave. Then most of the next mezcals that people drink are from the Espadin. Mm -hmm. which is the next hardest to grow. And then you get into the very rare varieties of cactus that are very difficult to grow. And it has unique flavor. And it's crazy. This is is the tepestate plant, I think, right? Mm -hmm. Man, so... It's almost like a scotch. Like it's it's this like tequila, scotch, mezcal So if you get like a big Christmas bonus sometime and need to buy someone a wedding present, tepestate mezcal would not be a bad choice. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, So... What's changed? What's changed? Success. So I wrote, I wrote, I wrote a lot of notes on this. Well, um, Can you? <laughs> I think. <laughs> okay, you got like eight words. <laughs> that is a lot. Of um, this is a lot for you. You don't take notes ever. We talked in that initial episode. Remember about how the meaning of success is to follow, and it's the consequence of a way of living a life. And I think that what's amazing to me is that you know we talked about old Diabolica Nietzsche who said that joy is the feeling of your power increasing. And what he had his fingers on the pulse of was most people's vision of success is some version of power Hmm. increasing, even if it's power over yourself. I mean, even if you renounce fame and focus 
on mastery, which is a popular thing to do. I don't think that's enough because you haven't left the vision of success as power and potency. And it was fascinating to go, uh, how would I frame success if I just asked myself, what am I the most proud of? Mm. And I'm like, I'm the most proud that we did it, mm-hmm. that we worked through so much conflict. You know, I'm, as I'm, I, fe- I do feel intimidated at the start of a new thing, working with new people, because I know the conflict that's coming. And I'm like, how do I carry <laughs> what we've been able to do into that new season? How do yeah. I carry the lessons with confidence of, if we don't have a culture of reconciliation through Christ, it's not going to go well. It's going to, we're not going to have a culture at all. And so it's like, my little paragraph comment here would be, I feel proud and like a success where I was able to show up in in, in vulnerability or fear Mm. and, and work through something and therefore get to be a part of something really amazing. Mm. And I'm reading a book on this is like, Actually, put some words to this. It's really fascinating. So we just have to have to take a slight digression. Really? <laughs> How slight is it? Very slight. Okay, cool. Let's go. Wee. <laughs> Don't laugh. The really big first Christian heresy that almost destroyed the church was Arianism. Mm-hmm. Arius thought that Jesus was the first creation, not of the same substance and not equal to God. Hmm. And that got addressed in the 300s. So it's not a good thing. Yeah, That's it's not why a it's good the thing. very first heresy. It's very, 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 very bad. Yeah. The Council of Nicaea addressed it. The Nicene Creed is what most Christian churches adhere to. But it was fascinating because Arius found a loophole after that, and it was Athanasius, and Arius had to duke it out in mm-hmm. letters. And I just love the way that God does this, Rahil. He'll, he'll raise up a writer or he'll raise up a person who actually has the vision that's needed for the time. And Athanasius was that guy who was able to go, Arius is trying to be faithful, but he has a mistaken vis- vision of power. And he has a vision of power that is potency, mm. completion, mm. and domination. And so he, Arius was like, God is all powerful. So there cannot be division in the Trinity because that introduces need into God's nature. Mm. Athanasius was like, I hear you, Arius, but what you're not saying is that Jesus didn't modify real power when he came and died. He displayed what power was from the beginning and will be to the end, which is showing up in need, weakness, those things. And that's very hard for me to believe on any given day Mm. because power looks like domination. Where is my will done? Is my will done there? I'm powerful. Yeah. Athanasius's brilliant move was going, no, 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 no. Need is not contrary to power. Need is a part of power. Mm. So there can be a trinity of self-giving love. Later podcast listeners won't get this cool hand motion because... That's actually a form, the form of real power. Mm. And I'm like, oh, and that has actually tracked right on to 
what would I say on success? What would I sort of double down on success is to be like, success isn't actually your power increasing in the way that the world says it is. And success in the kingdom of God isn't even a temporary modification of that state. Like what I am proud of and what I feel like I did well was where out of failure or in weakness or in actual vulnerability, not pretend vulnerability, where we made something either even just in our relationship or for people that was able to communicate from the heart to the heart. And so learning to be like, learning to show up with need, learning to show up, not knowing all of the answers, learning to go, the world rewards you for already knowing Mm -hmm. God rewards the way of the student. The way of the student is the real way of success. It's not a modification of real success, which is, well, but if you were an omnipotent race car driver, you really would be a better kind of person. No, you wouldn't. You would be evil. Uh, I don't know. I need. So I'm going to show up to receive what's available from people where they fail. I'm going to receive directly from God and I'm going to keep risking has all sort of become the way that frames success for me in the decade that I'm going into. And it's hard because my defaults have not changed as much as I wish they had. Mm. I want to know the answer first. Yep. I don't want help. Yep. I want to get it right, not have to ask for forgiveness. I still want that. Yep. And so it's still this hard, like, get coming around to show up and go, like, to not wish when I'm reconciling with M, like, to not wish that I had just said the right thing the first time, but to go, like, this really is okay. This is a legitimate and good way to relate, even needing, like, her forgiveness and being, like, yep, I messed that up. And so I'm still going to show up with a a position of vulnerability. Super good, Blaine. So for me, I'd like, I'll begin where you ended. There's a part of me that measures success and tries to hijack the system a little bit where I'm like, okay, success for me, if I'm honest, is still partly being more than John Eldridge, right? Isn't it? I think as his sons, I think being in this environment, like there's a, oh, you know, to be really successful and great, like here's your example. Like you have to not only be financially successful, but like spiritually influential and heal however many people. And and like, that's, that's a, that's a real uh, brain worm that's going there whispering all the time. Yeah, it's great. Whatever it is you're doing. So long as you're moving towards that end goal, which is where I feel like I try and hijack it and go into Morgan stuff of like, you know, live in the day, measure in the decade. I'm like, okay, great. So I'm going to like really focus on my development each day so that after a decade, I'm going to be really awesome. And it's like, whoa, that's a, you don't, you don't actually get to like sneak in through the window and have like bad motivation and expect good outcomes. So I'm aware that I have these, like these tendencies. And yet way back at the beginning, when we were talking about success, it was like what we wanted, what I wanted, what I said was that I want to become the kind of man that can handle a kingdom and my integrity and my character will have been developed over decades. So I don't crumble under the weight of it here at the current, at the age of 32, like who knows, I think it's helpful for us to revisit these things 
I would define success as giving our full assent and presence to our season. Woof. And what I mean by that is if it's a season of grief, fully entering into that and being being willing to walk through it. If it's a season that requires a lot of courage to explore some of our old story, it's saying yes fully and entering into it. And if it's a season where we are stuck in old patterns and not wanting to say yes to this invitation to grow, to develop new disciplines, to develop new habits of joy and of health, like that, I would consider that to not be successful. But there's a part of me where I go, being successful is is saying yes to that now. Not that you didn't start it 10 years ago. Not that you didn't start it yesterday. Being successful is being true and being willing to face what is in front of us, what God is calling us into. And I think if we have that posture, the rest will follow. I think we actually will be more initiated. I think we will be more wholehearted. I think we will experience healing. And I'm excited to see how that evolves for me. But that's that's my current, like, here we are for success. Um, we're actually going to pivot. Yes. Because it's 1040. And this is when I said we would. I went quick, huh? Time flies. <laughs> okay. So feel free to elaborate on this. But uh, we started collecting sound bites from old guests, like a couple of them. We'd reach out because we recognize that of, this is actually your idea. You're like, the, the power of the spoken word, the power of a blessing is incredible and we miss it. So going back several years to last week, we have like asked for several past guests to speak a blessing over the Ensign's audience. And we didn't know what it was for. Well, we, when we started. We did not. But we do now. This is clearly what this is for. This is part of this finale is speaking blessings and benedictions over this audience and receiving it as well. We have a few. We have a few. We've got, I think it's seven minutes. So what we're going to do is we're going to switch over to that audio track and we're going to have a burrito while we listen. Yes. Anything else you want to say? I just want to say, I want to affirm that a blessing is a real thing. It's a mm -hmm. real deposit like a seed of life from a person that's going to do wonderful things for you. And we've just known for a long time that we wanted the people we interviewed who by coming on the podcast actually both had and developed art for this audience mm -hmm. to go, what gift would you give them yeah. that we know is going to bear fruit in the season that's in front of them? What would you impart to them? And these are the things that we've collected. Yeah. And when they're done rolling, we'll come back over to us because Blaine, we have more to Blaine say. and I would like to bless you too. I'm Dan Allender. I'm a psychologist and I work primarily with trauma. And the first thought is bring you, bring your humanity to Jesus, but do so with a, a level of intensity that meets his. Are you aware that you not only need help, but you need to vocalize help to your friends, to your spouse, to your partner, to your parents, to the world around you. Let your heart not be so independent 
and in some ways presumes so much maturity that you don't ask for help. Being able to say often, Jesus, I need help. Hey everyone, my name is David Small and I work for the Free Burma Rangers and Sam reached out and asked if I would speak a blessing over you guys and the thing that's blessed and changed my life the most is to know Jesus because I can't bless you any other way than just to tell you that the gospel is everything and the gospel will change your life. It'll send you on an adventure if you really choose to give your heart to Jesus and follow God then it will put you on a path that is so fun and such an adventure. Man, that's what I pray for you. And it all starts with the gospel. I love you guys. And I, uh, Sam and Blaine and the whole Ansons team, thank you for everything you do and bless you all. And um, yeah, just seek Jesus. May you trust the Father's invitation, no matter how unpredictable the ride ahead may be. Isaiah 26, 3. You, oh God, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. May you receive God-breathed wisdom to know who your spiritual allies are, and may you have the strength to take your place alongside them. Mark 3:35. Jesus said, Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. May you clearly discern the focal point and missions God has assigned to you, whether or not they differ from those around you. James 1.5 If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. In every way, may your life be anchored in and encouraged by truth, that is, Jesus himself. John 14, 6, Jesus answered his disciple Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Good morning, and Sons community. Scott Morin here. 1 Timothy 4, 12 says, Let no one despise you for your youth, that could also be translated youngness. Whether you are actually young or young at heart, we shouldn't let anyone despise us for where we're at, for our youth, and the power that can also come from being young. And so I bless that in you right now. I bless your youth and whatever wants to come forth during this season of being young or youngness in you. So I bless that right now in the name of Jesus. My name is Sarah Hagerty. I bless you today with the strength of vulnerability before God, with the ability to bring your raw hurts and your aches to Him, even the things that you and others have maybe deemed insignificant or small, but that you still carry. I bless you with the ability to engage with God in the whole of your story. Like Joseph, who said, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. I bless you with deep hunger for his word, with unquenchable hunger to seek him out in his word. Husbands, I bless you with the beauty of radical honesty before God and before the bride of your youth. Fathers, I bless you with the strength of engaging the hearts of your children. Sons, I bless you with being known. 
being seen, being understood, being formed uniquely by a father to be a son of God forever, to be received by God in all of who you are. When I think of my young brothers and sisters today, I pray that they experience the God of hope and therefore be givers of hope. May they know the God of justice and therefore live and be inviters of justice. May they portray a version of masculinity that shows humility, tenderness, strength. May they seek to honor truth, family, themselves, and Jesus more than the generations before them. In Jesus' name. My name is Jan Proet, and I'm a counselor in Colorado. I bless you with the courage to join the Apostle Paul, who said that being young is nothing to be ashamed of. He said to not disparage your youth, but to be an example. I bless you with a special grace to first and foremost be an example of one who knows how to be forgiven and how to be loved. I bless you with the courage to wrangle the question, am I loved, to the ground, refusing to get up until you hear the deep response from the Father, yes. I bless you with the understanding that we are all just finding our way and you are doing better than you know. In the name of our good Father, Jesus, our friend and brother, and the nurturing warmth of the loving and perfect spirit. Guys, it's Padre John Eldridge here, and I am thrilled to bless you. I bless you with hope for the coming year and hope over your life. I bless you with a growing ability to hear the voice of God, to recognize how he is speaking to you so that you can walk intimately with your Father and with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit. I bless you with a whole heart, wholeheartedness, as your soul's inheritance from the kingdom of God. I bless you with strength, strength and resilience for this crazy hour on the earth. May the strength of the God of the thunderstorm, of the open ocean, fill your soul. I bless you with joy. I bless you as a father blesses his son. Mm. So beautiful. <laughs> There's a lot, There's a lot there. Oh my gosh. Right? I'm okay. I'm okay. How did that, how did that strike you, bud? Oh man. Um, you know, it, the desire to be witnessed and the desire to be cheered for. Mm-hmm is very deep mm-hmm. in me. And I think that's true of all of us. Yeah, suddenly just to have the voice of the saints, you know, the voice of that the 7000 who are out there like rooting for you and they're rooting for you mm-hmm. is a reality that I want so bad. It's such an amazing thing. It it really lands. Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> right? There's 
like we were saying earlier, like I'm guessing one of those particularly was meant for some people today. Like they're each going to be, there's going to be a voice. There's going to be something where then lanced each one of us a little bit differently. But I so appreciate those folks taking the time and blessing us and this audience and and going, how often do you actually receive that? How often in most of these listeners' lives and in anyone's life, life like, do you get to just receive the blessing spoken over you from others? It's pretty rare. And I think if we're open to it, it can it can pierce a little bit. I can just just go straight through and you're like, oh, well, I'm not crying. You're crying. Why are we crying? What did he even say? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Like speaking blessings and hope and resilience and permission over you is a really good thing and probably would elicit some grief because yes. you're like, yes, I want that so, so desperately and want more of it. And, and so therefore, why is it going away? And it's like, well... <laughs> like a blessing like it's spoken it's released and it exists yes now sam i have two things for you oh cool 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 um pull this out so you know i was thinking of our time together on this project uh and you know in the liturgical traditions you know icons are images they're like windows into ultimate reality, mm. like a portal. So, yes, I think we all we all knew that that's what those were. <laughs> no reason this looks uh, this way, but uh, I painted you an icon of myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so that's for you to have. You know, I just thought that uh, you know, sort of the ult- window into ultimate blade uh, with you in spirit. Oh, thank you that so would much. Be something you would treasure and yes. not throw away immediately. No, exactly. Um, so there you go. That's a one of a kind. Gosh, uh, I forgot my art project for you at home. <laughs> uh, and then I do have a note for you, Sam. Mm. Um, that don't worry, it's not too long. So I started with a quote from Ecclesiastes 3, which is the time for everything thing. But the, the, the paragraph just after the time for everything poem is much better than the time for everything line. Yeah, okay. And so it goes, what do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He's made everything beautiful in its time. He set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good work while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in their toil. This is the gift of God. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it so that people will fear him. Hmm. End quote Ecclesiastes. I keep thinking of Sam and Blaine in high school when I goaded you to the point that you splintered a pool cue over my arm, or when we fought a hundred other times, when we fought each other instead of fighting the world, and how odd we thought it was for years that we ended up working the same job in the same office. I think it took me until a year ago to finally realize what God was up to for me in this project. Ansons has been a surprising vessel of rescue a pressure cooker that did work in me that would otherwise have taken decades or never happened. Your brother sees through your bullshit. 
your brother has suffered more from your sin than anyone except God or your wife. In this case, that's you. And Sons has done a lot of things, but one of the things it's done is contribute to the rapid death of my false self, who mm. knows how long it would have survived otherwise in more hospitable environments. Mm. I see the role your character has played. Mm. You are a great man. You're able to write to individual guys who email in and talk from the stage. You're able to take your kids to the pool and cry over your daughter and track a wounded elk into the dark. You're a great leader and a gifted administrator. You are humble and forgiving. You're a straight shooter. You're long-suffering. I have received much joy from our brotherhood. I've learned in this season at Ann Sons more than any other season together that brotherhood is a gift that is received through pain. A gift because it's always there for the taking, pain because when you choose to receive it, you receive to suffer, much like any other relationship, but if you're willing to do that, you can have great joy. Anyone who sees the joy has to reckon with the pain when a year went by and we never hung out and talked outside of work, when we chafed each other with precision and history. I'm going to miss workday workouts and lunchtime swims, drive through burritos, strategic cigars. I'm going to miss the forced proximity that did wonders through friction and some suffering for my character and ultimately for my calling. Obviously, I'm not dying, and neither are you. And there's hunting and everything else and decades in front of us, unless Jesus comes back before then. But I want to say thank you for this season as a gift, and I want to bless the season in front of you, Sam. Mm. I want to bless the season in front of you. It will surprise you to know that I did some biblical searching and that brothers often bless each other late in the story, and they bless work that's under the way. Mm. So I bless your success. I pray that you would find fruitfulness and great joy in the work that is in front of you and that God would make good on the promise he made to you years ago on the side of that mountain, that he would give you words for the people you counsel, for the Anson's men, and for the books you write, that God would be gracious to you and bless you, that you would feel his pride and provision and know that his face is turned toward you. I pray I'm going to collect on purpose so that we can keep, you know, going. But I pray that he would give you peace in the midst of strife. I bless the season in front of you. Love you. Me. Lane. <laughs> Cheers. <clears throat> well, thank you, Blaine. Collect on purpose. <laughs> Feel the emotion at the right time. Mm. <clears throat> mm. So good. I'm I'm surprised you got through as much of that as you did. <laughs> I, I, I strategically dissociated. <laughs> I would have got a couple sentences in and been a mess. It would have been like, wow, well, I guess okay, you can out for son of a gun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So good. Received and, and will be sat with. And yes, you are not dying. I am not dying. Oh, we and, live in the same and, city. And the grief is real. 
It is. It, yeah. So. Pull it together, Sam, yeah. to land you the pull, damn you, plane. You pull, We're almost there. You pull it together and I'll go. <laughs> that. I'm trying to say these privately as well as publicly to not to miss too many moments. Or when I miss moments, like to circle back. But, yeah. You know, just to go like, it's like Luke, Darren, Wookie, Barry, Allen, JD, Alex, <laughs> men's team, all the heart. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. It would have fallen apart if you hadn't fought for it. It wouldn't have reached men without your strength. And I like I'm not gonna just evolve into crying constantly, but to go like, you <laughs> know, when the honors are passed around, yes. like um it will be such an honor to toast you then too. Mm-hmm. Um so thank you. Thank you, men, um who who did the real work and are the real like are, are like they're heroes, um, though it's not their voice on the podcast. So thank you guys. Totally. And then I wrote also to you, Anson's audience, uh, you guys who I love so much, um, and you know have gotten to walk with and to go like, you know, a lot of you know some of these guys have rolled through town. We've hung out and become friends. Some of them have my phone number. Some of, like I see, and then not all of the them. Names really, like one of them ha- have one actually. Yeah, yeah you know I'm pretty standoffish. Everybody about that and thing. there's gonna be like everyone's hey, gonna be like what about my phone number? I mean like we're close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no diminishment here at the end, but exactly. to go, it's become a real thing. And your yes. faces who I see: Gavin, Brandon, Kate, Chase, Daniel, Toby, Hayden, Ben, like. Uh, a tribe and no one's dying, but grieving blessing and then entrusting some of that gift to God. I was like, um, you know, like I felt so much goodwill for this audience when I wrote for you, Anson's guys. Mm-hmm. Um, my blessing for the Anson's audience, Brandon, Hayden, Ben, Jacob, Stephen, Spencer is that Jesus would complete what he began, that he would show you Mm. the ancient way, that he would bring brothers along, that you would never walk alone, Mm -hmm. that you would see Jesus, your brother, in your loneliness, and that you would be rewarded for your choices, rewarded for your love for God, and know that whatever it costs, there is no way to live besides being a student of Jesus. I bless you to lead and to be led into and protected in your calling, that you would hear the voice of the Father and find yourselves in the company of all those who call on the Lord. One day, we will be together in the company of Jesus. And until that day, I bless you that the eyes of your heart would be open to perceive the love of God that will sustain you till that day comes and has from the beginning. I love you guys. I'll see you on the fields. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, and to that, I would offer a few thoughts um, to the audience, to those guys who are tracking with us, and to those of you who maybe only found this after this whole like season came to an end. Some things that we have believed to be true at the beginning are still true now. First, you have a father who loves you and wants to initiate you. So it is not up to you and you are not alone. Second, 
that that way will be made clear to you specifically, individually, if you say yes to it, if you chase after it. You guys have never been our responsibility to carry. We've actually gotten the, the honor of getting to walk with you. And man, what a crazy honor that has been. That doesn't end now that this podcast has come to a close. Um, yeah. But this chapter has come to a close. And as a son, as a father, as a brother, I bless you. Yeah. I bless you on your journey with us as we chase after wholeheartedness and the kingdom and more of the Father. Mm. So, cheers. Cheers. Eric, come here. Make like the Irish. I want to hold your hand on this side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Go. What a good season together. And I cheers you guys. Uh, But, you know, mostly I do cheers you. Excited from where to come. I'm excited for our 30s together. <laughs> exactly. Uh, much work to be done, but thank you. I've loved our season together. So cheers. And I love you, Blaine.